What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Daily Bible Reading Snapshot. Today, we're looking at Genesis 46, 47, and 48 here in the Old Testament. Then we're finishing Matthew 14. Now, here in Genesis 46, we see the people of Israel making their way down to Egypt. So, last chapter we saw, Jacob finds out that Joseph is still alive. So he's going to make his way down there with his family. They're reunited. They hug. They're super excited to be together. And Israel says to Joseph in verse 30, Now let me die, since I've seen your face and I know that you're alive. He says, My life is complete. I have everything I need. I could die because now I'm so happy that you have been alive this whole time. God has been so good to protect you. So then it says, Jacob's family settles in this land. Uh, Joseph gives them the greatest part of the land, the land of Goshen, which they're going to live there all the way through their time in Egypt, even until the Passover, and even until when they leave, they're going to live in the land of Goshen. It's going to be an important land in the book of Exodus. So it says they live there, and Pharaoh actually has a conversation with Jacob, and he says, how old are you, man? You look really old. And Jacob says, I'm 130 years old, and my days have been few and evil. I mean, it's been a hard life. I've been, I was a schemer before, maybe... Israel shared part of his testimony, how he, he came to know God better. Maybe he shared part of that here where it says, you know, I lived a bad life, but then God and I had a, had a wrestling match, literally, and it came out to where I, I need to submit to God. So they have this conversation. Don't know all of the details of what that conversation said, but then the text gets us into the idea that Joseph is going to protect the assets of Pharaoh, that he's going to really make Pharaoh a lot of money and they get a lot of land under their control because they're able to use the the, the grain that they have stored up to sell to people at a higher price than they would normally sell it to people. So Joseph is like really good for Pharaoh. Pharaoh is Joseph's number one fan because of all the stuff that happens here. And it says that Jacob is going to live 147 years, so 17 more years in the land, which you just got to think about that. I mean, he's ready to die. He thinks he's old, but he lives 17 more years with Joseph and with this family thriving in Egypt. I mean, that's really good. That was really good for Jacob. It's a super big blessing that God gave Jacob at the end of his life. Now, Jacob, speaking about blessing at the end of his life, Jacob is going to bless the sons of Joseph, two of them, Ephraim and Manasseh. So when we look at the life of Joseph and even when we look at the history of Israel, we very, very rarely talk about the tribe of Joseph because there's really not a tribe of Joseph. There's two tribes of Joseph. There's the tribe of Ephraim and the tribe of Manasseh. And Jacob says, I want to bless your sons, Joseph. So brings the sons and he says, hey, the younger one is going to be even greater than the older one. Ephraim is going to be even bigger than Manasseh. And, and Joseph's like, what are, you, what are you talking about? And he says, well, um, the older is going to serve the younger, which is that familiar to you? Jacob saying the older will serve the younger. Well, that's the story of Jacob's life, that Jacob was blessed even more than Esau was. So he blesses them. He says they're going to be great. And the truth is they are going to be great because these two tribes are going to be bigger than most other tribes. So Joseph in the end, the history of Joseph, after he's dead and gone, his tribe is going to be two tribes and they're going to be big and important in the land of Israel. So that's important as we start to establish the identity of the Israelites as a nation 
This kind of stuff at the end, although it seems maybe unimportant, it is super important because it gives the tribal identity something to stick to. And we're going to see even more of that in chapter 49 and 50 tomorrow. So that's our Old Testament reading. In the New Testament, we're looking at Matthew 14 here, where it says, after Jesus fed the 5,000 men and all the children, all the women that were there, after a miraculous feeding, he does a miraculous water crossing, which we referenced a little bit yesterday, but you have to see the significance of Jesus coming along and being able to feed God's people in the wilderness, just like God did with the manna and with the quail back in, in the wilderness wandering. And now, He's got a miraculous water crossing, just like God has so often done for his people. He's let them cross over the water in a miraculous way. Jesus does that. And it says here that Peter believed for a little bit, and then he gets afraid, and then he sinks, right? And the, the point is, oh, you have little faith, right? You guys don't trust me the way that you need to trust me, right? But then later, we see all these people who trust Jesus. They just want to touch the fringe of his garment because they believe that if they do that, they will be healed which tells us a very important lesson here as we see the people of God not having the faith that they should, but then these other people, they just want to be around Jesus because they believe something will change if they encounter Jesus. We need to look at this and say, what is our faith in Jesus really like? I mean, do we really trust him? Many of us claim that we trust in Jesus for salvation, but we don't often think about that and we don't often go to God and, and remind God and go back to God and say, God, I remember that I have faith in Jesus. I remember that Jesus died for me. So when I go to God and confess my sin and ask for forgiveness, I'm pleading the cause, so to speak, that Jesus died for me. I mean, how often do we pray like that? How often do we remember that God is good and he promises to take care of his people, whether they're in good times or bad times, whether they're like Joseph or whether they're like John the Baptist, right? We need to go to God in faith and constantly remember our faith and, and revive our faith and ask God to keep, keep filling our hearts with, with more faith. And we need to ask God for that. So even as I said, and I kind of said it offhandedly, even as we remind God, right, what we're doing is just like the psalmist, we're going to God with our prayers and, and, and trusting God. That's what we need to be like. As we read this, hopefully you're confronted with that. As I've been confronted with that, as I read this, I think, man, would I have faith? Like Peter, would I have more faith? Would I have less faith? Well, chances are I might not even have as much faith as Peter had. But Jesus rebukes Peter for not having enough faith. I want to trust Jesus every day. And I think that's the big takeaway for Christians today as we read. Do we trust Jesus wholeheartedly, no matter what? Do we trust his promises? Do we trust that he's going to return? Do we trust that following him and obeying him is always worth it? And do we live that out? That should be a reminder to us and maybe a rebuke to us as we look at this text. So thanks for reading. We'll see you back tomorrow for another daily Bible reading snapshot. Thank you.